It is a very great privilege for me to be in this beautiful church with this beautiful group of people, with my Gabby and Ruben, and I have another granddaughter here today and her family. I don't know why she came today, but <laughs> welcome, Teur. Welcome to Riverside, Lisbon. <laughs> um, it's a great privilege, as I was saying. And by the way, if I make mistakes in English, please do forgive me. But since most of you, most of you, English is not your first language, I'm at home, right? Okay. Today, the message I want to give to you that the Lord just put in my heart is prepare the way of the Lord. And for most Christians, the idea of our walk as children of God is one of bliss, constant happiness. Isn't this a fact? We like to think that happiness is the most important thing in life. Many Christians live their life without taking a moment once in a while to think how much it cost God to send his beloved son into the world for the atonement of our sins. What it cost Jesus to give his life, his body on the cross of Calvary, to give us eternal cross, eternal access to the Father through the cross. And what it cost the Holy Spirit to attract us, to reach us, to convince us, to change us. We don't think about these things. Because we don't think about it as often as we should, we, we take the right of being children of God just like the Pharisees did. They said, oh, we are children of Abraham. And sometimes we just say, we are children of God. But we don't think what this means, what really is inside of this sentence, children of God. And our perspective, perspective of arrogance in face of these rights should be gratitude and humility, really. Because the Apostle Paul said, writing to the, to the Ephesians, he said, we were dead in trespasses and sins. We were far away. We are strangers to the covenants without hope, without God. That's who we were, people. That's, this is what we were. And I'm saying this because the way of the Lord is not just a way of bliss, like I said in the beginning, but it is a way of constant preparation. We are not on holiday. The Christian life is not a holiday. We're not here just to enjoy one another, to come to church, to have a nice time, to eat breakfast with one another, to greet one another, to even pray one for another. We have a life to live, and this life is a constant preparation to make the way of the Lord. We are in this world to prepare the way of the Lord. And if you want to make a way to build a road, you need to have certain characteristics essential to the work you have in hands. First, you need to know the importance of the task. Very important to know how important that task, that task is. You need to be, to be committed to the job 
and to the people that hired you. You need to be aware of the effort, the many hours of hard work that you have ahead of you. And you need to see ahead the final product, what it's going to be like. And as children of God, we have to reflect on these same characteristics. They will be a help to the preparation we are to do. Can God do without us? Can God prepare his way without us? Yes, he can. But he chose not to. He chose to have us, his children, beside him, working alongside with him. It is all based on relationship. It's just like a father building an addition to the house. Can he do it alone? Of course he can. But he calls his small child, his small boy, because he wants, he wants to spend time with his child, because he wants to build trust in the heart of his child, because he wants to teach him a few skills. God is our heavenly father. He does the same thing with us. And God has brought us here this morning for a special time together with him. He wants to give us some hints how we are to prepare his way. So right now, allow the Holy Spirit of God to minister to you and open your heart, your mind, your soul, your spirit to what he wants to tell you. So the verse I chose to talk about is Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3 to 5. You have it on, yes. Um, this might be a different uh, version than yours, but I'm going to read my version. Make a way to the Lord in the wilderness. Make him a straight, smooth road through the desert. It's interesting that we started this morning singing about the desert. How did you know about this? <laughs> Fill the valleys. Level the hills. Straighten out the crooked paths and smooth off the rough spots in the road. And the glory of the Lord will be seen by all mankind together. Keep in mind this last sentence. Because all we do, all we do is to bring glory to the Lord. Our life is supposed to bring glory to the Lord. I have been to the land of Israel. And um, one of the most interesting trips there was uh, the crossing of the desert coming up from Eilat. It seemed to me that the desert would never end. Outside, the, the, the temperatures were about 50 degrees. Every mile of the crossing, the desert showed new colors and different types of soil. Sometimes was uh, almost white, sometimes was red, sometimes was very dark. And as we drove, I thought about the cost of building this highway through the desert. The many days, the many people, the many sacrifices, who knows the many lives that were lost while they were building that highway. I also thought of the many people in the Bible that crossed that same desert in times when there was no highway, 
For instance, Naomi and Ruth, they crossed that desert from Moab to Bethlehem. It just blew my mind when I was looking at that desert. We were comfortable sitting in our bus, air-conditioned, good chairs, plenty of water. That's where we like to be, in a comfort zone, in a place where the effort is minimum. But look, what the Bible says, God has called us to the desert. Look around you. Look around you. Look at this world. What a desert. What a desert. And this preparation is done in a place where our strength, where our determination, loyalty, commitment is going to be put to test. And the, 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 the desert takes different colors and shapes to different people, really. Desert can be a fragile health, a condition of weakness. You got to a place where you never thought it would be so difficult, so painful. And I'm not saying it's not difficult. What I'm saying is that in such condition, you can, you still can, Prepare the way of the Lord. It's not your pain. It's not your discomfort. It's the attitude of your heart that can prepare God's way. I could tell you of so many stories of people that have um, gone to hospital, that have been in terrible um, places. I remember my husband just a few months ago, he had to be taken into hospi hospital with a very bad stroke. And the bed beside him, in the bed beside him was a man that didn't want to live. That man just didn't want to live anymore. He was silent. His wife was sitting beside him at the visiting hours, and the man wouldn't say a word. And he said to Tony, I don't want to live. I want to die. Um, and those days Tony spent in that hospital, he talked to that man every day, bringing him up, bringing him up. And when we left, Tony left before him. He was so sad because his, his comfort, his encourager had gone. You know, we can be sick and still can prepare the way of the Lord. And um, you might say in your condition of a fragile health, you might say, oh, I don't think God can use me for anything in such condition. Oh, yes, he can. Like I said, it's a relation. It's a relational work. You and God, you and the Father, you're not alone. We're never alone doing anything for God. He's with us. We are his co-workers. But he wants from you this preparation. In this time of preparation, what he wants from you is your attention your focus, your eyes on him, your dependence on him. Desert can also be a difficult family situation. Families have never been like the ones we have today. The stress, the problems they face today was never before like this. 
reading the word of God, we also understand that this is a sign of the last days. There is much loneliness, much aggressiveness, much lack of respect, neglect, omission, much unfaithfulness. Some of you may be in a desert of this kind. You don't have love. You don't have attention. You don't have affection. People don't respect you. People don't listen to you. You might think that there is no way you can serve God in this situation. You can say, how can God use me in a situation like this? Well, our problem is just that. We're looking to our problem instead of looking ahead to the end of the highway. We forget that the road we are building is not just going to be for us. It's going to be for our next generation. It's going to be for our children, for our relatives, for our friends. People need to see the work of God through our lives. So if today you are in a family crisis, God can still call you to this preparation, to this construction of a highway to God for his glory. Desert can also be a financial problem. Oh, this is one that will drain all your energy. <laughs> because the world made us think that without money, we are nothing. That if we don't own, if we don't possess things, we are of no value. Of course, we need money. We live in a world that revolves around buying and selling. We cannot do without it. But for the Christian, listen people, for the Christian, money should just be the means of blessing for us and for others. Nothing else. What's money for? To bless, to bless us and to bless others. The moment money stops being a blessing, we are in trouble. In the desert, in this desert of financial problems, you can be preparing the way of the Lord. Once again, it's your attitude that counts. The way you look at your problem and why you have that problem. Maybe you can use this time to rethink your priorities. Become more aware of those that have nothing around you. Maybe it's time for you to think more of the one that having all the riches and all the glory became poor for our sakes. Desert is something that goes beyond your capacity, your endurance. But it is there that the highway of the Lord must be prepared. We are being invited for, for this work. To work with him. And then the prophet Isaiah, he says, fill the valleys in the verse. Fill the valleys. In those days, the prophet wrote these um, words. Roads were very basic, <laughs> I should say. Um, there was not the machinery we have today, the technology we have today. Um, hundreds of years later, the Roman Empire started building real roads. In fact, every region they conquered, 
they built roads that should connect these regions so they could travel with their big armies. But before, there were not very big roads. And the prophet is seeing ahead. He's saying, you, if you have to build a highway to the Lord, you have to fill the valleys. Because when the road is being, uh, is being built, there are parts of the way that need to be filled. And to fill a valley, you need a lot of soil, many machines, a lot of work. Going down into the valley and building the road there makes the project very expensive, very costly, and sometimes very dangerous. And you know, people, there are decisions in your lives that if you don't take them soon enough, they'll be too expensive for you. This is the time when we have to make the way of the Lord so easy to travel through that we need to level every depression of the ground because there are still many people wrapped up in traditions of man. How many people wrapped up in laws and restrictions and the way of the Lord must be raised up. People around us will have to see that to follow Christ is a wonderful experience. It, to live for Jesus is a glorious, glorious adventure. There's nothing like living for Jesus. People have asked me, not 10 questions, but more than 10 questions about this. And people have asked me, Sarah, what, would you, what did you dream to be when you were a small girl? Well, I dreamed to be a lot of things. I, I thought I could be a nurse. Praise God, I wasn't because now I have nurses enough in my family. Um, I thought of being a doctor, maybe. I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be many things, but most of all, I wanted to preach the gospel. And in those days, when I was young, like many of you, women didn't preach. There was no way. The way was canceled for women. Pulpits were not available for women. But that's what God told me. That's what you're going to do. And you know what? People think, um, what, is, what is the best thing you've done in your life? It's to preach the word of God. It's to talk to people. It's to appoint, um, it's to point Jesus to people. It's to see the lives changed, transformed. It's to see miracles. I have seen miracles in my life just in front of my eyes. Those miracles that you don't think will happen, I have seen them, not because of my words, but because the Holy Spirit of God is there, and it changes, and it transforms, and it can perform those miracles. And it, we have to level, to fill the valleys, so people will think that to be a Christian is not something boring. It's not something... What are you doing? Being a Christian, you're different, good, it's a good adventure. People, we have to level because the church of Jesus is in this world to reveal his glory. And this has been our problem through the centuries. We have tried to be this and that, do this and that. But at the end, God wants the church, his church, to reveal his glory. Have we done this in our personal lives? Ask yourself. 
Have I showed God's glory in my personal life? Have I done everything I could to show the way to God? Have I done everything I could to present Jesus to others in a way they can just embrace him and love him like I do? When I say that we have to make the way easy, it doesn't mean that we forget the principles of God's word or that we do everything that everybody else does or we go along with the tide. But it means that whatever we do, whatever we, we speak or preach is so drenched with our humanity that people be attracted to us and obviously to God. Think about Jesus. The reason why multitudes followed Jesus everywhere he went was because he was the son of man, son of humanity. He was so human and his enemies were so spiritual. They had the word of God written on their robes. They gave alms to the poor in a way that everybody could see. They prayed in the corners of the streets so that everybody could see their attitude of religion. On the contrary, Jesus went up to the mountain by himself alone. Nobody knew he was doing that and he was praying to the Father. He sat at the table with tax collectors and publicans, spoke with prostitutes, held children in his arms and blessed them, touched the dead, touched the lepers, sat at people's table, table all the time. He was always in banquets and feasts. One occasion, they accused him of eating too much. Yes. He leveled the way of the Lord. He made it easy for everybody. So people could understand the mysteries of God. He made it simple. He told stories. He approached people in their, in their way, where they lived. And he made them understand the best relationship they could have with God, Abba. How are we doing this? This part of the highway. Do we show compassion for people every day? Or do we do it only as a program? Are we making it so difficult for people to come and have fellowship with God through Jesus? Now the prophet also says, level the hills or the mountains. We are building the highway, and now we face a mountain. Do we climb it? Not a good building strategy. Sometimes the mountain has to be tunneled through. That is a big blow to the mountain. And there are so many things in our lives that are so high. I've met people so proud of their ancestry, of their education, of their culture, of their money, or their beauty, or their ministry, or their church, or even their family. And you feel so uncomfortable around those people because they make you feel like you are not good enough. You are not at their level. 
My friends, it's about time that we become more like Jesus and less like the world. Jesus didn't have any problem of going down to bring us up. He sat, slept, ate, talked to the disciples, ignorant men, people that had not a lot of education, of ancestry, of money. He went down. He leveled and then, and, and then John the evangelist says that knowing who he was, knowing who he was, totally aware of his identity, he loved them to the utmost. And in doing so, he once again went down and washed the disciples' feet, a job assigned to slaves. Maybe you say to yourself, oh, but Sarah, I'm not proud. I'm not a proud person. I'm not that high. Maybe not. I thought I wasn't proud. In fact, I acted all the time like a humble person saying, um, I don't like myself, I'm no good, I cannot do it, I'm not good enough. And I thought this was humility. But when God wants to work with a person like this, like I was, do you know what he does? He tunnels through that person. Boom! You don't have it anymore. You lose even the courage to say how poor, how ugly, how small you are because the holy makes it's too big. But when he makes a hole like that, he also makes the mountain stronger. Now, when you go through a tunnel, look at the ceiling of the tunnel. Of course, you, you don't look at the ceiling of the tunnel. You want to get out of the tunnel as soon as possible, if you are like me. But one day, just look at the ceiling of the tunnel you're going through. It is so strong. The mountain has become low, has lost its arrogance, its beauty, its haughtiness, but became stronger. And that's what happened to us. When we allow God to level our life, to fill in our life, to go, to let us be what he wants us to be. Sometimes we don't have it anymore. We are not what we thought we, we should be, but we get stronger, not because of us, but because that he lives within us. We don't have time to ponder on the last two sentences, but they really go along with all I have said until now. The world, the world needs to see people that understand, not people that have all the answers. Only God has all the answers. I sat with a friend some time ago, and he was telling me, His choice of life. And I sat in silence. I didn't know what to say. I didn't have any answer. I just cried while he was talking to me about his dilemma. 
He said, I don't want to be like this, but that's who I am. That's who I am. And I thought, Sarah, you've lived enough to know some things. Why don't you say something to this man? But I didn't have the words. I didn't have the answers. In my heart, I just said, Lord, please put your light upon his soul. Just shine upon him. I don't know how to do it. I don't know what to say. But you are the one that knows everything and you can do it. And people around us today need to know that we don't have all the answers. But we know something. We know the God who has all the answers. Amen? We know the God who has all the answers. The world needs to know that we Christians go through trials and discomfort, through pain and chemotherapy, but they need also to know that we are not sustained, strengthened because of what we have or because of what we know, but because we are hand in hand with God, Abba, working together with him in a project of building kingdom highways. We are preparing the way of the Lord. When you go home today, when you go throughout the week, the next week, have this in mind. I have been called by God to prepare his way with him. Sometimes you don't know how to do it, but he knows. Sometimes you don't have the instruments to do it, but he has. Sometimes you don't have the answers to your fellow workers, but he knows the answers. But please, don't excuse yourself from this wonderful adventure of working together with God the Father, with Jesus Christ, and with the Holy Spirit for his glory. All we do, all we do, my friends, is supposed to be to reflect his glory. We were created for that. When in the beginning God created Adam and Eve was to, that they should reveal his glory. And they did for a while. They were just like God. In his likeness, in his image, full of his glory. They could talk with him just like friends. But then sin came into the world and we lost it until Jesus came, died on the cross and make a way again to God. And now because of that, we can be together with him making a highway for his glory. Now we are supposed to be in this world for his glory. I want to finish asking you a question. Do you want to get in this team of builders of this glorious highway, preparing the way of the Lord. One day the kingdom, the king will come. He's about to come. One day he'll come. He went away for a while, preparing a special place for us, but he'll come back. And he needs to have a way prepared for him. And that way, is a way where his glory is to be seen through your life and through my life. People will have to look at you and look at me and feel, wow, this person is different. This person has peace. 
This person has love. This person has compassion. This person is kind. What's different with this? This family has a wonderful relationship. What, what do they have that we don't have? That's how we show the glory of God. It's when we are hand in hand with God and we want to do his work. So that's what I'm asking. Do you want to get in this team of builders of this glorious highway? I would like to make this question a very specific one. And today, this morning, is a special moment for you to commit yourself again to God and say, Lord, here is my life. I'm not in this world just for a few years, just for a season or for seasons. I don't know. I'm not in this world just uh, to have some money in the bank, to have a house, to have some properties. I'm not in this world just to enjoy life. No, I'm in this world to bring about your glory and to prepare the way of the Lord, that when it comes, the way is prepared. That, you know that in ancient times, there were, there, every, every country had a road that was called the royal road. That was the road that the king could travel through with his, um, with his people. And we are supposed to be building this royal road for him. So we need to make a commitment today, this morning, and say, Lord, here is my life. Help me to do it. And I would like to ask, how many of you would like to make this commitment today? With me, I'm here standing, and I'm saying, Lord, use me. I'm old now. I look at me and think, oh, sorry, you can't do much anymore. But you know what? While I'm still alive, I'm preparing the way of the Lord. So if you want to do it, stand up in your seat, in your seat and commit yourself and say, Lord, I want to do this for your glory. Please. Well, Pastor Reuben, the whole church is standing up. Something's going to happen in Lisbon. Something is going to happen. You are going to build his highway. You're going to prepare the way of the Lord. God is looking at you at this moment. We're not doing just this for fun. We're not just doing this for, because it's part of the service. We're not just doing this because we came to church and we need to do something interesting, maybe. No, we're doing this because the Holy Spirit is here, convicting your heart, talking to you in the depths of your soul, of your spirit. And he's saying, come on, I want you. I want your help. I want you to work with me. Come along with me. I'll teach you how to do it. I will give you strength when you don't have the strength. I will give you the tools to do the work. He's going to do it. Lord, we are here in your presence. Humble. 
very, very humble, Lord. Because your word says that without you, we can do nothing. But with you, we can do all things through him that strengthens us. And this morning, you see these people standing up, committing their lives to you once again, and saying that we want to prepare the way of the Lord with our attitudes, with our lives, with our words, with our deeds, with our actions. Lord, give us that capacity and teach us every day, every single day, until that glorious day when we walk with you. Oh, in a triumphant parade, Jesus the King, and we are with him, praising him forever and ever. We love you, Lord, and we commit ourselves to you in the name of Jesus, our Savior and our King. Amen.